This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. How long should we be prepared to keep wearing these masks, socially distancing and maintaining other coronavirus restrictions and precautions? Might be a little bit longer than you want to hear. The smallest time block here is six months. And probably a healthier time block to think about mentally is a year. That's Dr. John Lynch with UW Medicine. Masking up, curbside pickup and drinks with friends at a distance. Lynch says this is all the new normal for the foreseeable future. Until we get this solved uh, through widespread vaccination or something similar, um, this is the way of life. And international experts seem to agree here. Mike Ryan is executive director of the World Health Organization's Health Emergencies Program. He says the WHO estimates roughly 10 percent of the world's population has COVID-19 antibodies at this time. But this is nowhere close to enough to create what we want, herd immunity. Right now, as a planet, as a global population, we are nowhere close to the levels of immunity required to stop this disease transmitting. In order to achieve herd immunity, 70% of people would need to have antibodies. And just like our local experts, Ryan says... Only a vaccine is going to achieve that. We need to focus on what we can actually do now to suppress transmission and not live in hope of herd immunity being our salvation. Right now, that is not a solution. And it's not a solution we should be looking to. Six months to a year. I can't believe that. My beard's already out of control. (laughs) It's already shedding. Every time I curl up on the couch, they have to vacuum it. Can you imagine after six more months of this, what I'm going to look like. I've said you looked like Moses before. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit more like Moses. I, yeah. I, but, well, Moses but, is not a bad mom. <laughs> okay. So it seems like we're going to be stuck in this situation for a while. I, I know we're starting to sort of see cracks, right? We're, trying to, we're starting mm-hmm. to see people get antsy to get out. Pool parties are happening and people want to get out and, and enjoy time with their friends. Yeah. It's nice outside. Well, pool parties are not a factor for me. Okay. I, 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 I've never liked being in giant crowds. <laughs> I mean, I, I did go to Woodstock 94. I hated it. I got out as soon as I possibly could. Um, hold, on. People, hold on. Hold on. Woodstock what? 94? Yeah. Woodstock 94 was the 25th anniversary of Woodstock 69. Okay. What was yeah. it? Can you just tell me a little bit about that experience? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I, I decided to, my, my brother and I went with uh, with our kids and we yeah. thought, oh, this will be fun. You know, they'll have it under control this time. There yeah. won't be as much mud. So we took the tent and uh, no, it rained just like it had 25 wow. years earlier. Okay. There were rivers of urine because there weren't enough porta potties. You know, the whole thing. Sure. There was this huge press of people. And I said, you know, I'm not going to role play being a, a refugee. Uh, we, this is America. I don't need this. And so I told my brother, it was like two in the morning. Aerosmith was playing, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I said, pack up the tent, take the sleeping children. We're getting out of here. And uh, and we did. And so as a result, I'm alive to talk about it today. All right. Well, we know you don't, you're not a fan of what's <laughs> talking. I mean, can you imagine in a COVID environment, what a <laughs> catastrophe that would yeah, have that been? Would, that would not be good. I, I mean, I, I mean, think at some point, here's the thing. At, at some point, there will finally be enough defensive masks, right? Right now, we've got the cloth masks, which are, which are uh, protecting other people. Once it gets, once we can get a supply of the masks that you use to protect yourself, right, then People who choose not to be infected can make that choice regardless of what others do. I see a pharmacist, for example, wearing those uh, those plastic face shields, which mm-hmm. apparently are, are effective and a lot less intrusive. You can see everything. There's no uh, trouble breathing. You don't get all sweaty. 
If you make those available to everyone, a plus give the or an actual real N95 mask, which used to be, I mean, I've got like 10 of them, which I bought just for sawdust, right? So they used to be plentiful. If everybody had one of those, then those who choose not to be infected while everybody else is partying can make that choice and wear that mask. And then I think we could probably get back to business because from then on, the people who come down with it were the ones who were fine with coming down with it. We have proof that we can get on the other side of this, too. I mean, you know, we know the United States has been doing this sort of partial lockdown, kind of piecemeal, state-by-state approach. Other countries, though, that have been uh, more unified are are now nearly virus-free. I'm not sure if you've seen this video, but it's making the rounds on social media. It shows this massive pool party and concert in Wuhan, China. (laughs) The city that was once ground zero for the pandemic now has thousands of people None of them are wearing masks, and they're, they're packed close together in this crowded water park. So this comes after a 76-day lockdown in early April that affected 11 million Wuhan residents. The city once accounted for 60% of all infections in China. But Wuhan has not reported any new cases of the virus since mid-May. I look at this video, and I have a couple of reactions. First, I'm thinking to myself, this is just an awful idea. Uh, and I don't care if there haven't been cases there. It seems like it's you shouldn't be doing that. But then I also have a little bit of envy, even though I'm not <laughs> not a pool partier myself. I, I want to go to a concert, though. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember traveling to China in 1984, going to this remote village, and I saw this chart on the wall of the local community center. It looked like a series of dates. And I said, uh, what's that? I said, oh... Those are the dates of every woman's last menstrual period in the village. So that's the level of privacy you have in China. Works really well for controlling epidemics. I don't think we'd go for that here. So my guess is it's going to be a piecemeal approach. And if we have to wear masks for six months or a year, I think I'd probably prefer to do that than become China light. Now a quick update to our coverage about universities reopening. The University of North Carolina had just started a hybrid of in-person and remote classes, but after several outbreaks of cases, they are officially moving all instruction online. UNC sophomore Catherine Engel spoke to the News and Observer. It's really sad to be here for a week and remember how much I love this campus and love this community and then have to go home again. So at least 130 students tested positive for the coronavirus. Clustered outbreaks were centered in residence halls along with the fraternity house. The school is allowing students to cancel their housing contracts. I'm grateful that they're at least giving us the option for the refunds because that's what we were all worried about is that they were bringing us here just for us to give them the money for housing and then they'd send us home. And the student newspaper, the Daily Tar Heel, did not hold back in an editorial titled We All Saw This Coming. Quote, university leadership should have expected students, many of whom are now living on their own for the first time, to be reckless. End quote. So they argued that not all the blame should fall on these partying students. University leadership is equally culpable. What do you think, Dave? Well, in hindsight, obviously, the university made the wrong call. I just I just hear that poor girl and I think to myself, my gosh, if I, I, I so vividly remember the first day moving into my dorm room. It was a single, which was a, a rarity. It was my own domain. My parents were about to leave. And while I had missed them, I had this unbelievable feeling of complete freedom to do anything I wanted and to have that snatched away after, what was it, a week? 
uh, that would be devastating. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.